Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. My friend... It's Hummer time. Stop. What? Hummer time. <laughs> we're having too much fun. Yeah, today. that's it. So that's as funny as we get today. Sorry. Okay, guys. now we're going to be very serious. <laughs> we have a, a serious topic to discuss and um, one that is polarizing, you have to say. Yeah, but we have to, and that's actually exciting to me because uh, this show of TFL Talking Trucks podcast is all about our recent experiences with the GMC Hummer EV pickup truck. Um, we wanted to um, clarify some confusions that yep. you may have and also uh, tell you about our experiences. So we had many. Yes. We had some trips. We had towing, I gauntlet. We had range tests. Uh, we had actually multiple towing. Roman did another test. Some serious off-roading too. Yeah. So all of that in one show, bam. Bam. But before we get onto that, we also want to just quickly let you guys know that the Hummer, as you guys have seen in multiple videos, but primarily I think it was a truck video that mm -hmm. uh, showed the uh, showed it breaking down. Uh, we got it back. They fixed it actually really quickly. Yes. So you may have seen there was a software problem that Roman experienced while driving. Uh, well. Um, he got a fault, he stopped, he tried to restart the truck, it wouldn't restart. You've seen that. Yes. Um, the GMC team and McCadden GMC Cadillac dealership, that's where we bought the truck, got it sold within a day and a half. I was really impressed. Yeah, all fixed, all better, day and a half. Yeah. Now, there is something else, more confusion, which is we <laughs> did shoot a lot of videos, not with the, the Hummer we own, but with the Hummer we got from GMC, and they look identical. They're not, though. Um, that's the thing. You know, we get loaned vehicles, yeah, right? Yeah. So we got this loan, and we used it to do a lot of videos, including the off-road video. And even the spare tire and the where it's set up is identical to the one we bought. But the one we bought is a completely different model. And that's the one that had its issue, the one we purchased. And now fixed. And now we're doing more videos with it. Exactly. It's right back yeah. on the road. We're doing more videos with it. So we're hoping that, that we'll you know put a nail on that. We're done. 
Let's move on to everything we've done with the Hummer, our driving experiences with it. But before that, should we thank our Patreon? Yeah, oh, totally. Look at totally. That. Yeah. So, uh, guys, we want to thank you guys for supporting us and supporting what we do. Without your support, we couldn't be here right now. Absolutely true. Uh, we have a recent comment from Dan. Dan says, this is on patreon.com slash TFLcar, which right. is our only page where you can support us and also talk to us with comments and feedback. And we read them all and we directly respond. We try to respond as much as we can, but really Patreon's the easiest way to get our attention and we will respond to those. Uh, Dan has a very nice comment and I, I will read it now. Enjoyed your TFL Talk podcast today. Just wanted to say you do a great job and produce real content. So that's a really nice comment from Dan. Thank you, Dan. You've made my day. It's been a long day, and you've actually yes, made it much uh, better. Uh, as you know, we film multiple videos every day, yeah. so uh, we're kind of staying on top of it, staying busy, feeding eight channels. It's a lot of work. <laughs> it really is. Uh, the team at TFL, I mean, and I'm not talking about myself. I'm talking about everybody else. It's about the hardest working guys I know on video, and so I'm very proud of them. I'm the laziest of all the TFL folk here, oh, by come the on. way. No, no, I really am. And I'm okay with that. I, I'm actually kind of proud of it. Um, <laughs> but the bottom line is that uh, yeah, we do work, work really hard. So it's nice to occasionally get a nice email like that. So let's move on. Uh, anybody else? Oh, uh, we had a question on the email that we'll get to later, right? Because that, right. that has to do with something we're doing. That's right. And it's from Brian. And Brian, with a Y, uh, we will be responding to your question, which was an email question, but later on in, during the broadcast, not right now. And then a little bit of news, too. So mostly, of course, the show's about the Hummer EV, mm -hmm. but we have some news about the uh, Chevy Silverado, uh, the most recent 2023 configurators live, so we can see some of the options and what's happening with the full-size trucks. Um, and also F-150 configurator for 2023 is live. Okay, so these two competing trucks, and we have to, you know, they really are the most competitive. Uh, they're both live. That means that you can configure them. And I am curious if there's any notable differences between this year and last year. Yeah, and also start ordering them. So, yeah, uh, we're, and I think we're Ram not is. order something, are we? No. We bought too much already. Well, Roman wants to buy something else. Okay. No, but um, the reason why this is important, of course, this is news. Yeah. But also is because, you know, we want to see, like you said, any changes or something missing or something being added. Um, and also, you can now start ordering them, and I think Ram is just around the corner. I believe, I'm not sure what day they're going to open their 2023 order book, but I think it's imminent. I think it's within a few days. There's a lot of speculation that they'll have the new Hurricane engine available for that new model, but mm, well, that's speculation, I said. Yes, yes. So maybe not 23, but maybe, maybe a little 24. bit later. I, I was thinking 24, because they didn't announce anything. We haven't seen anything. No, and... I mean, they're going to show their concept, the Revolution truck, which is their electric truck. We're going to see that uh, soon. That's in Los Angeles. Yes. At the Los Angeles Auto Show. But they haven't mentioned the Hurricane, which I think I, I'm hoping they would add that to the Ram. But we have had some experience with it now. Yes. Uh, I, think you you, I think you're referring to Roman towing with it and going off-road with it. That is correct, Amundo. And he did that in a Jeep uh, Grand Wagoneer, I believe. Yep. Which... That engine is now an option. For those of you who don't know, that is a twin-turbocharged straight-six, uh, an all-new powertrain for uh, Stellantis. I was about to say FCA. God, I, I'll never get that you right. You know, some people call it Chrysler still. Okay, Chrysler. But anyway, <laughs> anyway, the point is, is that if you're watching this, uh, Andre actually brought up the image showing uh, the uh, Grand Wagoneer. It actually looks pretty good towing. It, it, it looks... 
for yeah, the it looks it's big re- and chunky. Yeah, right. right. I, I still think that the, the wheels and tires look too small for the openings, but that's just me. Um, but this one does have that six cylinder engine, and it is mighty powerful. So we were really curious. Yeah, 510 horsepower. 510 horsepower. Would be nice in a pickup truck, wouldn't it? Hell yeah, it would. Yes. And I'm pretty sure it's going to run throughout the entire um, Stellantis family where you had a V8, you will have that six-cylinder. That's my guess. I don't know how long they'll be able to ha- do that until they have to electrify, but we also heard that they're doing a hybrid version of that powertrain in the future, so we should hear about that soon. All right, so let's kick it off with the Hummer EV. Yes, yes, back uh, to the Hummer EV. Yeah, so first of all, I want to thank you, the listeners and watchers, because without you, we wouldn't be able to buy long-term trucks. No. Uh, the Hummer EV truck currently, as far as pickup trucks with pickup beds... <laughs> Yeah. Our concern is the most expensive. Uh, the truck that we have um, showing here um, is, sticker price was $115,000. $115,000. Buckaroos. Yes. That's a lot of money, but you also are buying a lot of tech. I know, I, I agree with a lot of you guys that this is remarkably wasteful in so many ways, and you can get performance equal to this in a lighter, less, you know, tech-filled vehicle. However, if you think about what this is for General Motors, this really was their first attempt at bringing out the Ultium platform with the beefiest off-road vehicle that they can produce. It is indeed off-road capable, even though it weighs over 9,000 pounds. Yeah, and I'm showing a little bit of video uh, for you because I wanted to bring up a couple of shots of the interior as well uh, on the Hummer. And here's what we did. Um, recently, uh, Roman and I and the team, we took two identical trailers. They're both 6,100 pounds. And these are large toy hauler camping trailers. Yes, and they're brand new ones, too. Brand new ones by ATC. And thanks to guys at CompleteTrailers.com yep. and ATC Trailers for you know helping us with this. And we compared directly the Lightning, the F-150 Lightning, to the Hummer. Because those are the current pickup trucks that are electrified all electric, on the market, and we had them, so we compared them. Yeah, the only one that was missing was the Rivian, um, and hopefully one day we'll be able to do a similar type of towing test with the Rivian, but we've done tests with it before. Yeah, so we have data to compare it against, right. definitely, uh, just not with the identical trailer. Exactly. Can, you know, this was a lot of logistical work. I Can know. you imagine adding a third trailer and a third truck? I, my head might explode. Roman and I, years ago, went to a Ford event where they had three um, gooseneck trailers, uh, private, tra- you know, trailers, similar yeah, yeah. to these toy haulers, or, yeah. you know, and they couldn't get three identical ones. They could get two, and then a third one was similar, but it still wasn't identical, yeah. and then everybody was crying foul because... Oh, you, you stacked the deck against stacked something. Against, yeah. yeah, right, yeah. no matter what, and it just, you know, the Ford's guys are like, we can't get three identical ones. We tried, but that was back east. Yeah, these three trailers, there's a couple interesting things, or two, three, <laughs> these two trailers. Um, first of all, they have two axles. That means four wheels are on the ground, which increases drag. And then on top of that, they're not exactly what I'd call super aerodynamic. They're, I mean, they do have a little bit uh, of some sculpting for some aerodynamics, but they still are large boxes that you're punching air through. Yeah. So neither of them are easy to tow, and they're exactly the same in terms of equipment. Yeah, and here's our test that we started really uh, with electrified trucks. We've been running the iGauntlet World Stuff as towing test for 10 years. 10 years now. Yeah, which is insane yeah. to think about. <laughs> um, and, of course, we've used, you know, Mr. Truck's help, Ken yep. Sunling, 
Uh, we've had help, help from all manufacturers providing vehicles. Yes. You know, you did what Alliance share of the t testing with us as well, um, as far as on the mountain. But for electrified trucks, we added another twist to it. Yeah, that has to do with the downhill part, right? Well, also starting in Boulder. We oh, always start in Boulder because yes. our office is in Boulder. Right. But we're actually showing video of us starting in Boulder. And this is important because before we would like just appear in the mountains and the video would start there. Yeah. But what we decided to do for electric trucks, we want to show the total range, right? What happens because we don't want to make it seem like the trailers just appeared on the mountaintop, and then we are towing with them. Right, we're not babying these vehicles. And what you are trying to show, now sometimes we do things where we go to Golden, Colorado, and we'll actually top off fuel tanks there for various things. Sure. And you've seen that before in the videos we've done. But this is different because range is really the biggest issue. Out of everything else out there, I think range really does resonate with everybody who's watching and listening. So in this case, going from Boulder to first to um, Golden, that's what? 20... That's 22-ish miles, okay, 23 miles. Okay, 23 miles heading down. And for, for us, going from Boulder, that's south. Then we hop onto the highway from Boulder, and we go up to the gauntlet. And that is several miles as well. This is not – and it's all uphill too, yeah. by the way. So there's a, there's a lot behind it. I'm actually surprised that both trucks were able to make it at least to the tunnel. To the gauntlet yeah, itself. Yeah. And so I, I – I'm one of the guys who has to write these things up, so I watch the video and then I, you know, write what they've done. And I kept thinking, there's no way the Hummer's going to make it, even though the Hummer has more range. It's got a massive battery. Uh, I thought it would just be too heavy and sluggish up the hill or whatever. I was wrong. And but we have to make it home again. Yeah, that's the other problem. So so and we and we want to with electric vehicles specifically, we want to show that entire loop, which is in total about 155 miles ish. Okay. Right. Which is a big test. It is a big test because you're going to blow a ton of miles using electric vehicles going uphill. You will regain a lot going downhill, but you won't regain exactly the same that you lost. There's just the physics don't work. Yeah, and you and I recently did uh, the e-transit. Yes. Experience we had on the same highway. Oh, and the Lightning as well. And the Lightning Pro. Yeah. Right. 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 So uh, we know this <laughs> rode pretty well. Uh, we've been using it for years. Boy, have we. Uh, um, so, by the way, if you're watching this, you might be wondering, um, there's a freeze frame of the Hummer towing up the mountain, and not all LEDs are on in the front of it. This is not an air or a broken light. This is just pulsating LED, right. and that's what the camera sees. So, so often, right, uh, the, the, the pulsating lights from LEDs, L L all LEDs pulsate. You just can't make it out with your hum with the human eye, usually. Um, but the camera does pick up on that. And so often you'll see videos where these things look like they're blinking yeah. or whatever. Sometimes you'll see a, a rotor from a helicopter looking like it's completely still. And that's all because it lines up in a certain amount of time. Just with the frame the rate, right? Yeah. Right. So that's exactly what you're looking at here. Normally all the lights you'd be able to see, but they're LEDs. So anyway, so yeah, so and the, the, we did a similar test with the Rivian. It was towing a little bit heavier. Like we said, we towed 6,100 pounds with these two trucks in this particular case, with the Hummer and the Lightning. But with the Lightning, uh, with the Rivian, we towed 8,100 pounds. But the load was our pickup truck, our 1965 uh, F100 Ford, which is compared to a trailer, camping trailer is more aerodynamic. Far more aerodynamic, yeah. Uh, so that part is a bit different. But nonetheless, we did push it really hard, and we do have the data from that. 
Um, but anyway, let's go on to what we were talking about here, which is how the Hummer did. This is really about the Hummer, not about the Ford. Um, we've done a ton of towing tests with the Ford Lightning. And you may notice that there's the blue Ford Lightning here, which is the one we used to own, and this white Hummer, once again. For those of you who didn't catch it at the beginning, that's the Hummer that was loaned to us by GMC. So it's not the one we bought. The one we bought is yeah. identical to this thing. Yeah. So in the Hummer, the title of this video, Only One Makes It. Right. So what is this referring to? Well, both trucks uh, performed well, mm -hmm. but only one of them made the entire loop. So Boulder to the Ike Gauntlet, about 74-ish miles. The Ike Gauntlet itself and then all the way home. So it was on the way home that uh, things changed. And it wasn't the Hummer. It was actually Roman being an old paranoid man driving the Ford. Oh, come on, he was yeah. being a little paranoid. Well, yeah. yeah a little paranoid. Yeah. He, he was down to, what, like 12% though? He was gaining energy as he was going down the hill. But he, he, this is his concern. It's not completely downhill from the Ike Gauntlet because there's a couple uphill sections as well. Sure. And what he was worried about is just not being able to regain enough power going through those two uphill sections to justify not charging up sooner. And the idea is when you run out of juice, when you're driving an electric vehicle, it is a big deal. It's difficult. There's only a couple options out there. There's for not you. many chargers yet, mm -hmm. like you said. And also, uh, these vehicles are also going to be cutting power because when you're getting lower and lower in the battery status, right, mm -hmm. uh, you won't have access to the full power. I mean, I know it has 1,000 horsepower, so even half of that is still insane. Now, I know that some people, and you'll be the one to answer this, Okay, you've got this 6,000-pound trailer behind you as you're going downhill. Doesn't that increase your regen because you've got extra weight? Yes, it so, does. Uh, on it, both trucks? Absolutely. And it depends on how it's configured, uh, how it's set up, of course, because not every manufacturer will have the same ability, I would say, to regen. Right. Because right? we saw Rivian before. Uh, it didn't regen as much as we wanted to. Exactly, and that's that's just one of the points. Yeah. It, it it had a trailer, yeah. and we expected yeah. more from the regen. It so I think it. it's also the tuning of right. those motors. So it's not like in immediate assume you can assume you can get all this energy. Right. Uh, the Hummer and the Ford do it better, in my opinion, at least the initial Rivian test that we did. So they're able to recoup more energy. But here's one thing we learned: aerodynamics, like you said is the major, major factor. Overriding weight, overriding 35-inch tall tires that the Hummer is on. Yeah. The aerodynamics of the trailer was such, because it's eight and a half feet wide, almost 12 feet tall, that even on the way down, we were still using a little bit of energy, even after regen. Ah, uh, because and you had to punch through the wind because yes, this thing was more of a box. Yes, it's kind of like a parachute. It's right. almost like dragging a parachute behind you. Right. Uh, even downhill. And that's what made Roman a bit nervous. So we did stop in Georgetown on the way back, and a Roman pulled up to the charger, and it was clear, everything was working nice. And he asked me, Andre, will you charge with me? And I was driving you Hummer. said no. I refused. On camera, we caught this. He almost laughed in Roman's face. It was kind of <laughs> cool, I, which I love. But you said no because you had a lot more power. And yeah. you had a lot more faith in your vehicle, to be honest Well, with you. I have a larger battery. So yeah. the Hummer battery is 212 kilowatt hours. <laughs> this is like two Teslas plus. It's ridiculous. Yeah. And I mean, it weighs 9,400 pounds. <laughs> 
And a lot of that is battery. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, they say the battery weighs, and this is according to EPA documents, is around 3,100 pounds just for the battery. And that is the weight of a Civic. Uh, a yeah. Honda Civic. Uh, uh, yeah, a well-equipped Honda Civic at yeah. that. That is incredible. But but at the end of the day, it's still a lot of energy. It's a ton of energy, yeah. which and that, I think, is one of the, the things that both vilifies this vehicle and vindicates this vehicle. It is actually really efficient for what it is, which is a brick that you're powering through the wind. On 35s. On 35-inch tires. Yeah. There's so many reasons why you have a ton of resistance, yet... This thing is still able to go 300 and what miles? Uh, it's rated for 329, according to the EPA cycle. 329 miles. Uh, we've seen, well, we haven't done a 0 to 100 full, complete, drain the battery test. Right. But um, some other outlets have done it, and that's realistic. 329 miles. Some people get a little bit more, actually. I'm sure. And we know a couple yeah. of those people personally. On top of that, it's one of the fastest charging vehicles currently being made, I believe. Mm-hmm. Um, 350 kilowatt possible. So think about it this way. That's like a giant hose that you're attaching to something as opposed to a really narrow hose like on my daughter's little Nissan Leaf. Yeah. Uh, so you're putting all this power and it's just sucking it in. Although it doesn't do it all the way up to, you know, fill up to the brim that way. It does slow itself down. Yeah, it peaks, of course. Mm, yeah. And Roman and Tommy actually did a charge test. Yes. A uh, fairly extensive one. The videos there, uh, too. We noticed several interesting things. For mm-hmm. example, they saw about 303 kilowatt, so not the maximum rate. Um, it stated that for a short period of time and then kind of derated. Right. Um, as with anything, you know, temperatures come up, different elements, of course, have to do with and it. And you can't force a battery if you want it to live a long life. And as a, as a driver, all you can do is watch because right. the, the vehicle is managing this itself. It's not like you could add something to it or subtract. Can't squeeze the handle any harder no. to make it go faster. Maybe right? cool the handle with a wet <laughs> towel or something. No. Well, well, these really. things are, and these things are cooled, actually, yeah. some of the, the superchargers. Oh, that's S- interesting. Sorry. So, no, that's okay. So let's keep going. There it is. My it's screen back. kind of went haywire. Uh, but it also had um, what we thought was a weird moment where during that charge session, the charging went really low, like to like 40 kilowatt. Right. And then rebounded. So according to GMC, we know what this was. Oh, you do? Yeah. So we uh, kind of reached out to the GMC team, the engineering team, uh, and the PR team. And they said it was basically switching packs. So what the Hummer has is actually a sandwich of two battery layers. So, and it's really thick. I mean, the, the whole frame of the thing, you could see it's black below the doors. Yeah, and all that black is essentially battery. It's about 18 inches Almost. Damn. I mean, that's approximate uh, measurement. So, But it's a large battery pack. So that anomaly we saw is actually the system kind of switching from totally one battery to the other. makes sense. Um, you know, I because I'm a caveman, and it takes me a while to figure out what's going on with the new, you know, fangled electric cars. Somebody pointed out, think of your cell phone and the way it manages its power and then look at what these vehicles, the new ones do. The old ones, not so much. They were a little bit more generic, like my daughter's car is a 2016. Very simple in terms of its electrical layout. But 
when you have multiple batteries, just like a t phone, if it's going from one component to another, it'll actually manage the power output and input to make sure that you're working at an optimum level. And that's exactly what this was doing as it was charging. And it shifted over to the next group of batteries that needed to be charged. And it did it, you know, the only thing that was noticed was the guys looking and seeing it drop. Yeah, if you were at lunch, you would never you know. You would never know, yeah. exactly. Yeah. So if you weren't there. But it also has this uh, fancy system in the Hummer where um, it drives on 400 volt. Think of voltage as kind of like the um, pressure. Like if you had a, a water pressure in the hose, right. so that's kind of what voltage, voltage is. Yeah, the is. voltage is pushing up against. Um, so it, it drives on 400 volts, but it can charge up to 800 volts. And that's beneficial to get higher speeds. Right. And also, you know, not as much heat is generated, resistance. Which creates a longer lasting uh, powertrain and battery. Yeah, yeah. So, so it was managing all that. So bottom line, yes, it's a large battery. It can charge fast on level three. At home, as we found out, it doesn't. Charge fast. Which you may have heard about. Can we discuss this briefly or you want to jump over this? Uh, it may have been on a network that wasn't ours. Yes. So uh, actually and probably more than one network because it was shared. Uh, so Andre's experience with charging the vehicle on level one and level two charging at home showed that the Hummer with its ginormous battery, big surprise, takes a very long time to charge using those two sources. Now, there's a lot going on here that you didn't get to mention that the uh, other agencies who picked up this story jumped on. One is, I have almost never pulled up to my house in my electric vehicle completely empty. Usually I have between 15 and 30%. Well, because you're planning your trip, right? Exactly. Yeah. So then you plug in, next day I'm good to go. Level two charging, if you were to pull into your house on with 30% battery, let's say even 20%, it would charge much faster because it's already got some charge in it. It may not be topped off, but remember, this vehicle has crazy range. So the next day, not 100%, but at 80 or 90%. You still have over 200 miles of driving. That's exactly it. Yeah. And I have solar. You have solar. And so we can actually time these vehicles to suck up a lot of the solar energy that's coming in. And thus, it's not as expensive to run. So that's on the defense. On the other side of it, it still takes time. It takes time. And yeah. that battery's massive. And yeah. the truck is stupid expensive. So there's a lot going on in this. I will get to another point in a moment where we talk about off-roading. Because I do. there's a lot of negative I have on that. Yeah. And, and the bottom line is, with huge batteries comes uh, long... Huge, huge responsibility? Uh, I was going to say long oh, charging times. Uh, I wanted to say the first... Okay. Yes. Thank it's, you. I I, I, it was in the back of my Okay. I, I thought um, I'd, Okay. So on level one, what is level one? Level one is your regular outlet. At 110. Uh, 110 volt. Yeah. Um, so my, my truck, the Hummer said that four days, four plus days it would take okay. to charge, which is, I mean, fully charge from nothing to 100. Yeah. I was at 4%, I believe. Um, yeah. And then level, level two? Level two was one day. One day, okay. About 24 hours-ish. It's actually pretty decent. And that's, once again, a full, full charge. But like you said, uh, for example, my wife drives a BMW i3, uh -huh. uh, which is an all-electric car. It's a 2014. Nine kilowatt hour battery? No, it's like 17-ish. 17, okay. Can you believe that? Yeah, that's it's actually like really 10, big. Almost less than 10% of the Hummer's battery. <laughs> my, my Leaf is 30 kilowatt hour. Yes, that's which... funny. That's funny. <laughs> Think about how many leaves you could pull out of that battery. Yes. Oh, my God. Um, so she drives 50 miles a day, and her BMW is great for that. She comes home. She charges in three hours. She's happy. Um, she drives it every day. And I did a video about that mm -hmm. a couple times, actually. Yeah. So that's a use case 
that the Hummer could also satisfy. If yep. you drive 50 miles a day, you could replenish it at home. Oh, easily, because you'd come back, let's yeah. say, with 75% plug in by the next day, even on 110, you should Bam. be good to go. Yeah. yeah. So it satisfies that. Whether you want to tow a trailer across country, no. no. So totally, unless no. you like stopping at a lot of Walmarts and other stores. Now, by the way, they are building up a huge network. Uh, it's There's a lot of money, government money, pr uh, private money coming in from automakers to make the infrastructure much bigger and also a lot more robust. So they're actually drawing energy from new sources. All this stuff's happening. And we know what's happening because they tell us. But there's an important point, And so I'm just going to break into it right now. Okay, let's go. If I may. Uh, Roman and I are going to be driving cross country in an electric vehicle. I am not going to give away too many details, but let's just say that it really is cross country. And what we want to show is it's relatively easy to do nowadays compared to what we just did with Northern Lightning, where we went to the very top of Alaska, actually the, the northernmost place you can basically go in North America. Uh, and that was a really rural area that they drove through all of Alaska is kind of rural when it yes. comes to powering up vehicles. So they really had to struggle to get there, but they still got there. So what we are going to do is show hopefully the opposite of that, if everything goes well, on how easy it is to cross country and power up. If everything goes well, it should be a relatively fun video, but uh, video series, but more importantly, should be informative on those people who own electric vehicles or are thinking about owning them and driving across country. So there it is. I just wanted to throw that out there. Sorry, Andre. Yeah, no, no, it's okay. And I, I cannot wait um, for that experience. Unfortunately, I won't be there, but you guys, uh, I'm, you know. We'll, we'll contact you regularly. Can you call me? I, I will call you whenever I'm about to throttle Roman or vice versa. <laughs> um, so let's go back to the Hummer because there's a lot more to talk about, and that includes off-roading. Yes, so the Hummer brand is really built on military routes, right? Military routes, Humvee. Uh, military vehicle. Or the H1. is Or the H1. The, yeah, that was civil, civilian version of that vehicle. Then You've the had H2. a lot of experience with those. Yes. Uh, I almost, uh, well, I did drown one and I almost drowned in it um, in Utah. <laughs> It's one of the I'm, best videos we've ever produced. Uh, by the way, that was um, in partnership with Plan B Supply. So about four years ago? Oh, no, it was longer. Was I it think. longer? Yeah. Five or six years so ago. So Plan B, guys, if you're still listening and watching, I follow you. By the way, there's still... Great. They're building Humvees. Yeah, they build up uh, military vehicles. Uh, and they spruce them up, right? Yeah, right. So we can use them for daily use. Uh, yeah, so you can buy them actually for daily usage, depending on where you live. Not every uh, county actually allows some of those diesels right. uh, for emissions, but some do. Yes. So, so Plan B, guys, uh, thank you very much. <laughs> I'm sorry I drowned one of your vehicles. You were just following um, their instructions. So. You weren't being reckless. Well, that's that's I, my job. I was part of it. Okay. Well, anyway, uh, so uh, Hummer has a long, or Humvees have a long tradition of being military vehicles or military spec, which usually indicates, hey, this is going to be a rugged vehicle. I mean, we're still using Hummers now in you know current uh, in the current world. Uh, granted, a lot of them are a lot more armored than they were initially, but that's a different story. So. This Hummer, we expected to be just as off-road capable as the Hummer we used to own. If those of you who have been following us, many years ago, we bought an H2, a yellow one, and we owned it for about a year. Well, it was, it was pewter. Was it? Oh, I'm sorry. Remember that color that every oh, GM truck was yeah. painted ever in the early <laughs> You're 2000s? You're right. I'm sorry. I thought it was... I, I don't know why I thought it was yellow. You know why? Because a lot of the cool ones are yellow, and I thought you were Well, they looked cool. like Tonka toys, right. kind of. Yes. Uh, anyway, uh, the point is, is that 
Andre ended up buying it, and he loved it for a while. You yeah, know. I kept it for like two, two and a half years. Yeah. And then I sold it in TFL bids. So by the way, TFL bids is still kicking. You know, yeah. we're still uh, TFL bids at the auction site. That sometimes we sell our vehicles on. Yep. And your vehicles on. So check it out. I do recommend checking it out. Anyway, going back to that Hummer. That Hummer we took off-road quite a bit, and it actually was a pretty impressive vehicle for it, being so big. Yeah, it, it, had, it had one failure at first. Basically, remember, it has a um, steering pump that's connected to the hip bone, the elbow bone. No. Yeah. I'm the, sorry. My brain is no, no, having a f- – so it had a failure once. Right. Uh, the steering and – oh, the hydro system is connected to the brakes. That's right. So when the steering goes, the brakes go, which is a bad failure. <laughs> It is. And then uh, they're known for other failures as yes. well. Fortunately, we didn't which, have them. Which is also, uh, they're also known, the H2s, for snapping their tie rod ends on, on the front steering. But we were proactive about that, weren't we? Yes, I upgraded mine, yes. ours, uh, to... Thicker ones. To thicker ones from a heavy-duty proper GM truck. Right, and that did help because we still took it off-road, and it did really well. It had a rear locker, I believe. Yeah, and, and air suspension in the air back. Air suspension. That worked. It, the biggest problem with that truck really was the fact that it was really wide and it was really heavy. And really inefficient. Extremely inefficient. It had the six liter in it, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, okay. That Hummer, we had a lot of experience with. We drove it around. We took it actually to Overland Expo. I was the one who drove it down to that. That was fun. Yeah. <laughs> it was interesting. Um, and How much fuel did you use there, remember? Oh, my God. I burned through. Yeah. yeah. It, it, it was thirsty. So... What happens when you take the same idea but apply it to an all-electric vehicle? Well, first of all, this has a lot more gadgets and gizmos than the old Hummers did because it has four-wheel steering. It can do crab walking or crab crawling or whatever you want to call it. All of that is really cool. Um, it does have an adjustable suspension with really good ground clearance, I believe. I mean, it, it can get up to, what, 11 inches? No, 11 inches is like it's standard mode. Oh, is that the standard so mode? So it ha- also has the extract mode, the maximum uh. height mode, up to like 15.9 or 16 inches, which is, right. which is mind-boggling. And we actually had to use that. Yeah, Tommy, <laughs> Tommy tried. So, so like you said, adjustable suspension, four-wheel steering, uh, lockers, front and rear. Yeah. Although the rear locker on the Hummer, the new one, is a virtual locker because it has two electric motors in the rear, and they can sync them up. To work as if it was locked. In tandem, but there, there's nothing mechanical between them to, right. to run Right, it's basically it. kind of a software locker. Right. If you could call it that. Soft locker. Soft locker. It's okay. It's a not, new name. You're not, welcome. It's not a hurt locker. <laughs> um, and well, then, it can be. And, and then the front is actually a mechanical locker. Um, so those are good bones, right? You it, would think. It's a good start. And then yeah. you have the immense torque. And we, we're still kind of figuring out off-roading with uh, electric vehicles. We're just kind of learning. They're not like diesels where you can apply low RPM and start really getting torque out of them to go over obstacles or gas engines where you apply higher RPM to go over slow obstacles. This is different. This is electric, which means that you're not working the same way. You're not having to make RPM in order to make the torque 
to pull over these rocks. It's a yeah. very different feeling. Yeah, and we've done like the Rivian off-road. Uh, we've done some of that. The 4 by the, the Wrangler 4 by the, the Wrangler you drove. Yeah. yeah. On the same trail, by the way. On the same trail. This yeah, is this Red is Red Cone. Red Cone, Colorado. Which is not an easy trail. No, it's quite difficult. You can see all the side-by-sides in the waiting. background and all the other off-roaders. Yeah, they were waiting like during this type of thing. Like, ooh, waiting, is he going to get stuck? Yeah, and I'm sure they were TikToking it, uh, as you were, as I we were, guarantee we were driving. So here's the thing about electric off-roading. Uh, first of all, there's not auditory feedback as with an internal combustion vehicle, right? That's a really good point. The auditory feedback, when you apply the throttle pedal, the engine spools up and you could hear it. So you can kind of judge, you know, how much RPM you have as you're driving over Right. Something. You use your imagination. You could feel the rock under the truck and yeah. then you're able to kind of guess, okay, I'm going to give it a little bit more juice to get over this thing. Yeah. And that's how we've been driving for years and exactly. decades, right? Yes. But now this is new. Uh, the Rivian doesn't have a lot of auditory... Um, you know, generated noises right. that is inside of it. The Hummer does some. It's, it hums. <laughs> Hummer hums. Okay. Did I just say that? Yes, you did. It's pretty fun. Uh, so it has this kind of a hum noise, which kind of gives you a little bit more feedback about how much pedal you're applying. Right. And the Lightning doesn't actually make a lot I, of noise at all. No, it no. doesn't. I, yeah, I've driven it off-road as well. Lightning. And the Lightning is not for off-roading, really. No, it can do it's light just, off-roading. Yeah. It, it can, it, I mean, if you really try to hammer it, you're going to have some issues because it just doesn't quite have the tires and the setup for it, but it could still do basic stuff. I just don't want to – we didn't want to destroy ours, and Roman didn't want to throw them into keys and say, hey, take Red Cone with the truck we spent $81,000 Well, it doesn't on. have the ground clearance. The Lightning no. just doesn't And the it. long wheelbase, and there's a lot yeah. of things that kind of go against it, even yeah. after we put the tires on it. So uh, we just mentioned a lot of great things. Yes. And with electric vehicles, yes, you can find your groove, right? If you keep momentum going, you can get a hang of it, right? And you can keep moving. But there is one big negative. Wait. 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 I mean, poundage. Uh, just overall girth in terms of its yes. size and everything, too. So it's not very long, actually. It's it's no longer than, I'd say, a regular Tahoe or something like that, or a 4Runner. I think it's about as long as a 4Runner. It's not super long. But it's really wide. Really, really wide. And that width does not help when you're trying to maneuver going over off-road obstacles. That's why you need really heavy-duty, thus thick and heavy, tires when you're off-roading because you can't pick the same trails. If I was in a Wrangler, I'd be able to easily get around obstacles this thing has to go over. So that's the first part. And the second part of that, in terms of girth and weight, is weight. 9,400 pounds, you said? Yeah. 9,400. So, guys, can I, can I tell them real quickly about the story from the Jeep guy, from Mark Allen? Yes, please. Okay. Mark Allen, who is the head of Jeep design, and he is the most knowledgeable human I know about Jeeps. Nothing else. He's actually brainless when it comes to pretty much everything. Whoa, else. did you hear that, Mark? I was hoping he did. <laughs> I'm kidding, Mark. You no, know, I don't. But anyway, so, um, but no, Mark really knows his vehicles. He designs them, and he's in charge of other people designing them. And he knows what makes a good Jeep versus a bad Jeep. And one thing he told me, and this was years ago, he pointed out, look at these people driving around with Jeeps that weigh 6,000 pounds because they add all this armor and bumpers and everything else. He said, the vehicle was never designed for that. It was designed to be as light as possible. If you're going to be serious about off-roading, you need to subtract weight, not add it. So all the armor that these guys are adding onto the vehicle, half of which is completely unnecessary, is a complete waste, and it makes the vehicle top-heavy or it makes it just too heavy. And less efficient overall. Less efficient, yeah. and you're applying more power to get this heavy thing over a rock. So the less weight you have, the better 
throughout it's actually throughout the entire auto world. Well, they bring all the Jeep concept twists to Jeep Safari. Yes. And one of them was that super lightweight one with like a soft top. Yeah. Like and they, a bikini top. Yeah. And they even had the panels was on it. it. The Stitch? Or Stitch. Stitch, That's right? Yeah. Wow. You're good. Uh, it was Stitch. And <laughs> yeah. Stitch was, they didn't change the powertrain. But what they did is they pulled off like 700 like pounds. Everything. Yeah. Carpet. So, Everything, everything. everything. They pulled out the back seat, and that thing was like a dune buggy on rocks. It just wanted to fly, and, but it was the proof of concept. The whole point is, the lighter you make something, the better it is, almost for everything. Yes, really. So well, it same goes for us. Well, yeah, you know, you know the, 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 the amount of girth that's going on. I would be more efficient if I weighed less, which yes, is exactly. why I'm dieting. Exactly. So, so going back to this, and I'm sure you guys are sitting there rolling your eyes going, yes, we get it. It's really, really heavy. You have to understand how heavy it is. One of the biggest problems comes in if you get it stuck. Because first of all, if you do get it stuck, with Tommy kind of partially did get it stuck, and we had, they had to pile rocks under the tires in order to get some traction out of because it. Because there was no way you're going to pull that Because it's the heaviest free. vehicle on the trail. It would take three Jeeps to pull it out. So the only thing that that would help it is if our buddy Jay Couch would bring his Unimog out and actually pull us off the mountain. So three days after we get stuck, we could call, you know, he'd come in finally because those things, what, 45 miles per hour tops? Well, actually, Jay Couch, he regears them. Oh, he regears, okay. Um, so yeah. so he, if we brought a satellite phone, maybe we could call him right <laughs> off, off the mountain and he would come by and pull us up. Because, yeah, I mean, you don't have the vehicle. I mean, you would have to stack like three Jeeps in a row to try to That's exactly pull, my point. Pull the in in order to pull nine, that much weight, especially if it's caught on a rock or, you know, beached, it, and that's the real issue. So, can an off-road? Oh, absolutely. Does it have the ability to go up hard obstacles? It can literally climb up a wall straight if it had traction. It has so much torque. But at the end of the day, if I had to choose a vehicle to off-road that had nothing but electric power, it wouldn't be the Hummer. It's just too heavy. I can't get it out of its own way if it gets stuck. Bottom line, on this red cone trip, it made, after being stuck for a little while, and it made the top. We have some pictures of it. Of course, the Roman was following it. Yeah, that's our Bronco. Bronco. Yeah, for those of you who are not watching, uh, we have a really nice shot of at the very top of red cone where the, the Hummer is being followed by our Yellow, orange, we still haven't figured out if it's cyber yellow. orange, cyber orange, cyber yellow, <laughs> whatever color it is, orangish um, Bronco. And the yeah. Bronco is brilliant in, on red cone, it's unstoppable. And, and one thing that Roman also and Tommy communicated to me after this trip is that four wheel steering really did help, yes. Also, yeah, they were able to crab rock, uh, crab walk around some obstacles. Well, well, I don't know if the crab walk is really helpful. They didn't say that. Well, they, they were saying, I thought that's what Tommy was saying, is that he was able to get around a couple obstacles thanks to having that four-wheel steering. So I just assumed that he was able to, because I, you, you are able to steer around some really difficult tight yeah, corners. Could. Yeah, you could. You could. But I think the ultimate um, benefit of four-wheel steering is actually the tighter turn radius. Oh, yeah. Because the switchbacks that they had to maneuver around, that was also very helpful. Uh, I would so, agree. Yeah. So it's huge. I mean, uh, four-wheel steering, they should add it. 
I mean, I would hope Bronco had a four-wheel steer system. That, well, that, Bronco that, does have that other that, steer thing. Well, it has the skin. wheel drag yeah. system, the trail turn assist. Which I think you and I both agree, eh, it doesn't work great. It's not it's the o- same. Yeah, it's not the same. That's uh, I sure. know it's easier and cheaper to produce, and yeah. we all like uh, cheaper vehicles. Yes, we do. Uh, but still, four-wheel steering, there's really no replicating that. I agree um, with you. It's just, you know, you're not tearing up the earth um, at the same time as... And as dragging a tire. That, that's true. And considering how heavy this thing is, it actually does break asphalt. We found that out the hard way. And also breaks rocks. Yes. I yeah, mean, it, 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 it did. crushes rocks beneath it. <laughs> <laughs> so, it's such a concentration of weight in some, a small area, too, if you think about it. So that's the off-roading. So let's get to Brian's question really quick, because Brian wrote to us. Well, before to you. Yeah, he, he did write to me. And Brian, thank you for this, by the way. Um, let's first talk about the fact that we did this side-by-side video with the Ike Gauntlet, with the Ford and the Hummer. And they went up and over. And one of the things the guys talked about was equating that to how many gallons of fuel that energy represents. Am I correct? Yeah, totally. Okay, so can you explain that before we get to this? Yeah, so before we get to Brian's question that has to do with energy, uh, basically all fuels have kind of inherent energy, uh, BTU, for example. Right. So a gallon of gasoline uh, currently has about... Um, equivalent of 33.7 kilowatt hours of energy. One gallon. One gallon. So your Nissan Leaf, you mentioned. 30 kilowatt hour battery. Is approximately one gallon of fuel you can equate it to. So the fact that I can get up to 70 or even 80 miles if I take care of it means that it's getting between 70 and 80 miles per gallon. Exactly. Equivalent. That's the equivalent. And this is not coming from me. This is coming from the government agency Mm -hmm. because they do all the testing on energy, right? Right. So EPA has this data. How do you break it down? So, I mean, do you just simply go one-to-one on the ratio between kilowatt hour and one gallon equals 33? Yeah, just 33.7. Gas or diesel? This is gasoline. Ah. Diesel is a little bit more power dense. That's what I thought. So all the power, all the diesel fans out there... Hey, guys, you can still rejoice because diesel is about 37.9, almost 38 kilowatt hours. So, well, think about this. So, we did the video. He's well, pulling out the calculator. Uh, I'm pulling out this. the calculator. Yeah. This, is getting, this is getting serious. So, we have a truck, the Cummins Ram, right? 2500, 6.7 liter Cummins. Right. It has a 31-gallon tank. So 31 times 33. Times, well, this is diesel. Oh, So more. 37, let's say 0. 0.5. It has 1,162 kilowatt hours of energy in one tank of diesel. Damn. So that's, 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 almost, like, that's almost six of the Hummer batteries. That's five and a half Hummer batteries. Yeah, so. we just lost the picture. So... That is just a simple way to equate the, dense, the difference between power coming from a gas or internal combustion engine, I should say, and an electric powertrain. They're not perfect, as we've already pointed out, but that is another way of looking at it. So then we get to this question, and this question comes from Brian, and it's in regards to what we already announced in terms of the mileage range. And what he wants to see is he wants the Hummer to be put up against six gallons of gas or six gallons of diesel in a truck, and he wants them to uh, range test until empty with a payload and towing to see the true value of the EV's gas versus diesel technology. That's a great idea. The empty part's a little scary. Um, But for for both, because diesels, running a diesel out of fuel, 
is dangerous. You have to repressurize sometimes too, don't well, you? Well, yeah, because it's a high-pressure system. Right. And new diesels, you know, have high-pressure injectors. Mm-hmm. And they don't like being dry. Could damage the injectors. So what if we could drop them down to about 5% or so, or 10% even? Uh, so, well, I think what Brian is getting to is is he wants to see how far a diesel or a gas truck will go in six gallons versus, for example, a Hummer. Right. So the Hummer has 212 kilowatt hours of energy. Right. So um, divide by six. So 212 divide by what, six-ish. That's about, you know, 35, like we were saying, approximately what we were saying in the conversion. That's what I said in the video. Um, The bottom line, the electric motor is more efficient inherently. Mm -hmm. It creates less heat which means it wastes less energy overall. Right. Um, it doesn't, you know. So, but the battery is where the energy, you know, the battery is not as dense as it could be for it to be a very useful towing vehicle, like we said. And that's kind of the bottom line. We have had a lot of experience with short-range towing with uh, electric trucks, and they've proven to be far better especially in traffic, because you get a little bit of that power back. You're using the regenerative power. And unfortunately, we still haven't been able to really drill that point home because, you know, people are lighting their houses on fire and sacrificing their pets, saying batteries are going to ruin the entire world. Well, what we're trying to say is that there are positives and negatives. And the positives really are, as Andre and I have already demonstrated, we can power our local little vehicles, no problem, as, you know, daily drivers. And I've been driving my daughter's leaf almost every day, about every other day, which is the distance is, I think, 36.6 miles from my house to here. I recently moved, so that's that's roughly what it is. And it really has no problem. I plug it in for a couple hours when it's here, and then I drive it back home, no problem. It's an easy thing to do. The power restrictions for electric vehicles is really another issue, but we're not going to cover that here. The bottom line really is that the Hummer, despite the fact that it's just a massive whale of a vehicle and it has the aerodynamic pr- uh, characteristics of a brick or barn, it still is remarkably efficient and for very, what it is. For yeah. what it is. Yeah. But at the end of the day, I maintain that it's a toy for the rich. It's bling, just like the original Hummer. Or, you know Actually, what I mean? It maintains the that image. Yeah. yeah, it's exactly the same image. Yeah. It's just one step higher because it's even more expensive. And I think that that's the whole thing. This is. The modern-day footballers, I guess some people call it a uh, ride, where nobody's going to really take it off-road and beat the crap out of it. But the few people that do will have an off-road-capable vehicle. But it's really there to be seen. And yeah. That's it. And it and, does have presence. And I was traveling earlier this week, and somebody came up to me, and we were talking about the Hummer. And they said, Andre, but can you tell me, does anybody need the Hummer EV truck? Need. Need. Like, no. No. But does somebody want it? Yes. Yes. And why? Uh, for me, it's just the way it looks. It's like it, a Corvette, it, it, if you think about it. Yeah, it's just something fun. I mean, right? if you can afford, if you have the means to afford it, it it's a fun vehicle to have. Uh, that's 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 it. At the end of the day, if you're talking about a truck that you need that can actually tow and you know do everything that the Hummer can basically do, the Ford is pretty close. The F-150 Lightning, and even the. Um, Rivian has proven to be pretty capable, but just smaller. So at the end of the day, the Hummer is kind of sort of useless, but it's really cool. And I think that that's what people yeah, would probably agree It's an enthusiast vehicle right yeah. now. And I think in the future, what we'll see in the next couple of years, two to three to four years, 
uh, we'll have more players in the space. Right? Oh, yeah. The Ram Electric, the Silverado Electric. Scout. Sierra Electric. Scout Electric. That's right. That, and they're coming out with some off Okay, vehicles. tell me everything about Scout. I can't. Oh. Um, I, I did go to an event. I can't say this, that I, I got a chance to go behind the scenes. This is the type of stuff we have to hold on to for a very long time. But I can say this. They are here, and they're serious, and they will be building their vehicles right here in the United States. Well, we, do, we can say this, that VW purchased the Scout brand. That's right. And they're looking to introduce it as an electric vehicle, or at electric least a off-road vehicle. series of vehicles, potentially. Right. So they are looking at the past to produce a vehicle for the future. That's about all I can really say. But stay tuned uh, to this space, because they are going to be making some announcements right around the corner. So there, there you have it. So our... Yes, we had some issues, software problems with the Hummer. Mm -hmm. um, it tows, as far as characteristic of towing, I'm not talking about distance. Yeah, just to how it... But how it tows is wonderful. It doesn't care, it, does it it? It, it? it doesn't know the trailer is behind you. It's so large and so heavy and it's so stable. By the way, four-wheel steering also helps with towing. No kidding. First of all, maneuverability is there. Oh, sure. Yeah, that yeah. makes sense. But also, uh, here's what I didn't know until a few years ago when I visited ZF. ZF is a component manufacturer, a uh, giant comp company that builds transmissions. Right. But they also build rear steering. So the oh. Hummer has a ZF component on it as well. And what I didn't know until a couple years ago is that sometimes when the trailer starts to sway, let's say wind, crosswinds, uh, the rear steer can step in and it's really, qu it's really close to the trailer. Yeah. And it can correct it quicker than the front. Wow. I so. So it makes the whole experience even better. So uh, we're a long way from Delco steering, aren't we? And, and uh, quadra steer, quadra steer yeah. from Delco. The Where's Mr. Truck? I know exactly. Uh, Mr. Truck would be able to tell you guys an awful lot about it. But back in the day, General Motors was one of the first that I think I think they were the first to have on this their. This was like 21 years ago. Yeah. They're half-ton trucks and uh, suburbans. suburbans. Yeah. They had uh, an all-wheel drive option. They're still out there. and All-wheel drive. All-wheel steering option. And both. Yeah. I mean, four-wheel drive four -wheel with four-wheel steer. And you still see them out there sometimes. And they have a very unusual rear end where it's blistered a little bit and the axle sticks out a little bit further. And the reason it's blistered is so the tires can you know rotate and not rub anything. They're really cool. And General Motors was the first to do it. And now they're back doing it again. And we have more videos with the Hummer coming up. Uh, I did a diesel versus Hummer test. Right. This was a range test, and this is to Brian's question because he was interested in how will the diesel compare. Yes. Uh, so we have that video coming up very soon on TFL Truck. So stay tuned for that, Brian. Yeah, and we also have a kind of large project planned but not logistically kind of complete yet mm. where we want to take a Hummer on kind of a tour of the country, let's say. Right. Not to Alaska. We're, we're, I well, think we're done, done with, then. We're done with Alaska for now, uh, but we do want to, you know, use it. Roman really wants to take it to Moab. I do too. Oh, it's got to go there. Hopefully, we all can do that. If we can manage to pull that off sooner rather than later, that would be terrific. I think maybe even this fall Ooh. or this winter. Uh -huh. um, so stay tuned for that because we have to compare it in Moab against something, and we're planning. You know what I want to do? Yeah. I, I want to maybe put a tent on top of it. Okay. So I can sleep in the Hummer. That's, well, you're not going to have any money for a hotel after the amount of money oh, we spent yeah, on that. That's so, true. Yeah. yeah, that's true. Yeah, we do have some tents we could put on it. And I don't think I haven't seen anybody really kid them out other than that SEMA with GM. They did a little bit last year. They show some accessories, right? Yeah. But it would be cool to see what we can do with it. 
And finally, um, you know, we mentioned about, you know, the latest configurators. So I just wanted to show you briefly uh, kind of a, a look at it. Uh, so GM, at least Chevrolet, has a 2023 configurator live. And they have a lot of um, still a regular cap standard bed. Mm -hmm. Silverado starting at $37,395,000. Um, and then, of course, regular cap long beds, double cap standard bed, short bed, and screw cap standard bed. So... So they have all those five options for configurations, and they still have the new three-liter diesel, turbo diesel that's still there with the, all the updates. I'm so glad they still have that diesel. I was yeah. worried they're going to discontinue that one too. Yeah. So that's all, and we'll do a separate video on this. Yes. So to give you a little bit more perspective, and then Ford, uh, like we said, also have a configurator for 2023. One notable thing is the super cab, the extended cab, is now only available in XLT and XL, so you cannot get ah. a more luxurious one. And I don't know if people were actually buying a luxurious Honestly, I can't remember short too cap, many. Yeah, you know? that's a good point. I don't remember. So I think Ford was trying to say what, tr what they're trying to do is kind of pare down their options, right? So they can focus on building. By the way, they were down a lot on sales in September. They were. And There's so hope, I think the component shortages yep. are still hitting. So hopefully this paring down of configurations will help them focus. Right and really try to pump as many trucks And it's not out. just the F-150, it's the Maverick, it's- And it's the Super Duty Super and everything. Duty, yeah, so yeah. it's affected, it's across the board. Although Ford has managed to find a way to, to get these vehicles out the door relatively quick. So it'll be interesting to see how they compare with uh, General Motors. Yeah, so uh, that's our experience with the Hummer so far. All right. Um, like we said, we, we do this with many trucks. So stay tuned because uh, we have plans. I can't, announce our next truck yet because we don't know if it's going to happen so so we'll, we'll have to wait and see wait and see but we should know pretty soon yeah so thank you for joining us as always alltfl.com is where you can find us uh, everything automotive and by the way patreon.com slash tfl car uh, you can support us and we'll discuss your questions absolutely guys have a wonderful week sick of being upsold at gyms my guy, you're currently a base member? For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.